0: So this morning, right across Australia, we're going to have another clue for the quiz. Absolutely. And uh, the question, question number four, where did Moses see the burning bush? Where did Moses see the burning bush? The prize that we're going to be drawing this morning, just a little bit later on, is the KJV Study Bible with Mark Finley, uh, notes, study notes, and, and also the Answers to Difficult Bible Texts by Joe Cruz. That is worth getting your name in the draw for, and your last chance is coming up. So, 0491 is the number you can text that answer through to. And that question again, where did Moses see the burning bush? If you know the answer to that question, if you know the location, text that answer into 0491 Amen. Hey, we are
1: going to get... You guys have been really quiet this morning. Wake up! We know you guys have been faithfully answering uh, quiz questions and whatnot, but come on, guys! Send us in some some thoughts. We do have some thoughts, though. We've had some amazing stories this morning. We had one thought come in, and it was in regards to you know what should what should become of this pastor who stole almost uh, yeah. a million USD from his church. Yeah. Like, absolutely wild story. What should become of him? Obviously, he's been ordered by the courts to pay it back, but also the jail, in jail time as well. What, what should become of it? And we've had oh, one text message come in. The pastor is answerable, answerable to God, and vengeance should be his alone. As, a, as Christians, they should show him grace and mercy. However, that does not mean he should get his old... Job back,
0: from
1: Raphael. So, so we see kind of a balance here. It's like clearly, okay. If this guy's going to steal nine hundred thousand dollars from the church, as someone who as as a pastor, if he if he has nine hundred thousand if he has a nine hundred thousand dollar pool to steal from, he's a pastor in not you know. It's a big church. It's a big church. It's 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 a it's a big church. You know, there can be pastors who are pastoring churches. Like particularly in the congregation. That's a huge
0: annual annual budget. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that you can cipher from for a long time without getting caught. Yes. That's massive. If you can miss
0: $900,000 in your budget over Uh a few years, Uh that's a lot of
1: money. That is a lot of money. Now, in the congregational model, there are often pastors who come from churches with 20 people in them who, and those pastors, if they don't have a second job, they're like living under the poverty line. Uh, But in On the other side, we're seeing a church here with lots of money. Um, and so basically this pastor, he, he's probably already on a decent salary. He's already on a decent wage. He doesn't need the money. He has, he has a problem. He needs help. And, uh, yeah, I see this text message. It's like, Hey, we're going to try and help this guy get what he needs, but also he shouldn't be a pastor. He's sick enough mentally with this. It's a large ish- enough moral issue.
0: fall that, you know, you you can't, um, you know, trust that that's right. sort of leadership that's decision happening that's right. again. Yeah. So, and, and
1: this- again, if he was in any other situation, he's going to jail. Yeah. He's going to jail.
0: But. Well, it'd be interesting to follow this one and see mm, what ends up happening. That's right. Um, ah,
1: very, very interesting. You have to
0: give us an update, Lawson. That's right. The track. Correct.
1: But hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and as always, we come to this time, we're in our second hour of the show. We're going to do a Bible study, Blair. Absolutely. And we're going to be looking at, well, we're going to be spending a a good amount of time in the book of Daniel, particularly Daniel chapter 12. But just considering what we've been through this week in terms of the, the, we've been looking at Isaiah, we've been looking at the Psalms, and we've essentially been looking at the idea, firstly, that the dead... Are dead, like they're they're really really dead. They're in the depths of the earth, as we saw in Psalm seventy-one. They they are really dead. They are really gone. And we we saw how clear the language is when when it's like someone dies and then they come from
0: you know they're in the depths. The of The Bible earth. is so clear on this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting that there's a lot of confusion over that topic mm. um, in some circles, but. Uh, when you look at what the Bible actually says, there's some very crystal clear statements that we've been unpacking.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and I think it's ultimately why it is that so many people have a misconception as to what death, according to the Bible, actually is, or what Christians believe, or, or even Christians themselves. It's, it's 100% just perpetuated by culture, you know, and even amongst the culture of the, the non-believers. I, I think of, uh, you know, growing up, I come from a secular family, um, listening to a lot of secular music. And that was that, and I know this isn't originally by them, but I I know that my dad used to play cause he was into this band, um, called Pearl Jam. And they have this song, you know, oh where I oh Where goodbye, baby B the Lord took her away from me. Um, she's gone to heaven. So I've got to be good. So I can see my baby when I leave this world. And it's like the, the sentiment of the song, it's actually a really, really sad, harrowing song about a car crash, but it's like, Oh, you know, uh, this 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 girl that i'm with my partner she's dead she's gone to heaven and now i've got to live out my days being a good person so that i can get there too it's the the essential sentiment that is being
0: shared in in the song it's pop culture it's isn't it it's definitely pop culture you know in in terms of like but, but I'll tell you what pop culture is not a good place to go to to understand no. bible truth. Pop culture isn't full of uh, theologians. Uh, <laughs> even theologians a lot of the times
1: aren't a good place to go to to find bible truth, but yeah, they're definitely not speaking from a theologically adept perspective. It's 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 just this myth that's been perpetuated around culture as to but even, you know, you see the other side of uh, what he's saying now. You know, she's got to have she's gone to heaven, so I've got to be good so that I can see it's, you know, misconceptions on how it is that we get to heaven uh, and, and how it is that we are saved. But yeah, this idea, we die, we go to heaven or hell, our immortal soul float, you know, goes either of these directions. We've been talking about it all this week. Uh, but the big question that we then have is, well, what happens? What happens to us? Uh, you know, we, we sleep in the ground. Obviously, we, we know that there is a heaven. We know that there is an afterlife. How, how does that take place? You know, mm. when does that come? If we die, and we are being adamant here on Faith of FM that the Bible is clear that when we die, we actually die. Yes. We we are in the grave, dead. You know, it's very observable. It's exactly what we see. Well, then, you know, if you, you get down to the book of Revelation, and you read about heaven and the new heavens and new earth. It's like... Well, how did we end up there? Let's go to Daniel chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be starting, we're going to be reading in verse 1 and 2. In Daniel chapter 12, if you can uh, get that for us, Blair. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He's, he's just typing in. He's using a
0: computer. Yikes. Yeah, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. Yikes. I've got and and he's
1: even slow. Come on. <laughs> Daniel chapter 12, verse Daniel 1 12 and verse 2.
0: Daniel 12, verse 1 and 2. I just realized when you said that, my Bible's not here. There's someone else's Bible here, but. Uh, You know, it's never as good when you're reading someone else's Bible. That's our studio (laughs) Bible. That's our studio NLT. (laughs) Anyway, I'll I'll use my computer Bible. Uh Um, Revelation chapter... uh, Sorry, not Revelation. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. It says, At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Wow, there's a lot in those texts right there. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is incredibly dense, you could say, and
1: it comes after the incredibly dense Daniel chapter 11, which is a a prophecy that outlines all kinds of All kinds of moving and shaking in the political world, in the religious world. But then we come to its conclusion, essentially. Daniel chapter 12. We don't have at the start of Daniel chapter 12 and I, Daniel, in this year. It's just a continue on of what's being shared in Daniel chapter 11. And it starts with the phrase, at that time, Michael shall stand up.
0: That's right. Interesting. um, You know, that that mention of Michael there. Um, Of course, Michael is one of the... Is the name of Jesus his pre-incarnate name, um, the name mm-hmm. before? And oh, that's a big new word, isn't it? Pre-incarnate. Pre-incarnate. That's right. <laughs> the name before that, he became Jesus. That's right. Before mm-hmm. Jesus took the name Emmanuel, God is with God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus, the Word became flesh. Mm-hmm. John chapter one says, and so uh, before Jesus took on the name uh, or was became God with us, mm-hmm. Emmanuel, Jesus. Um, they referred to Jesus as Michael and we yeah. see you know that that term Michael that we've just read there is mentioned Um, not just this one time here, but five times in scripture, three Mm. times in the book of Daniel, Mm -hmm. um, earlier on in Daniel chapter 10, and also in Revelation, and each time, uh, pointing to Christ. Yeah, that's right. And, and we can
1: definitely say without a doubt that it's pointing to Christ. We've explained this. We've, we've done our fair share of Bible study on this topic on faith of him before. But essentially, there are a couple points about Michael that just make it abundantly clear that this is Jesus Christ
0: you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491
1: 064 669 well i won't even say this is jesus christ this is the son of god because we know that jesus was the name that the son took on when he came to this world Uh, but again his other titles that we see, Emmanuel, God with us. The word Michael, the one who is like, like God. God. And then the biggest contention people have with identifying Michael as the son of God is the Bible says that he is the archangel. But that word archangel means, firstly, Ark, head of, secondly, angel, of leader of the angels, the messengers to the world. It's like, it's not saying that he is in and of himself just, you know, a created angel. It says he is the head of the angels. And you know who's the head of the angels? God. God. (laughs) God. Yeah, that's right. God himself. And so to call the one who is like God, the leader of the angels, to say, oh, well, that is literally God... Isn't? That's a
0: very fair description. That is a
1: very fair description. You know, we see other stories. Particularly, my go-to is when we see, uh what is it, Reve- uh, sorry, uh Exodus in the book of Exodus, when we have Moses before the burning bush, we have the angel of the Lord, and again, a very specific uh description there, not an angel of God, but the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord in the burning bush, and...
0: Moses falls down before him and, and worships. worships him and calls him God. And of course, if that was just a common angel, then they wouldn't accept the worship. We see that in That's the Book right. of Revelation. We see and that in the John book of- falls down to the angel, he says, "Don't worship yeah. me. I'm just one of your fellow created beings. Mm-hmm. Worship God alone." And we see that Jesus again. And I want to be really quick on this point,
1: but I, I just feel like this is a this is it's just so clear from Scripture that people have contention with it, and I don't understand why. But again, Jesus is called the Word. Right. That, that's his, that's his like original title from the beginning. That he is the word of God. He is God's mouthpiece, the one who communicates. And how do we see him become God's mouthpiece? Well, well, he communicates in various different ways, uh, but also becoming a human. Is it so much of a stretch to think that, oh, the, the, Side of God, you know, we believe in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the power of God working, you know, in our world and through people. We believe in the Father, the, the Father in heaven who sits upon the throne, the great orchestrator of the universe. Is it so hard to believe that the Word of God, the, the function of God, the Son of God, the one who has been tasked with communicating with people who became human also has the ability to manifest as you know in the in the form of an, an angel and identified as such, is it that hard to believe? I would say absolutely no way and but I think ultimately, even within this chapter in this passage here, Daniel chapter twelve and verse one, at that time, Michael shall stand up, representing judgment from God. What does an angel? Have how does an angel have any authority over God's judgment? We know mm. actually, and and what pre- pre- precedes the judgment is the second coming, Absolutely. and it's like who knows the time of the second coming? No one but the Father in heaven. Uh, and so, if anyone would be actioning this the second coming, it wouldn't be just some fancy angel yeah that's right that's, it would be this God, is himself. God himself and that's right
0: it, it goes on it says that great prince mm-hmm. that great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people who is the person that watches over humanity yeah. well it's God himself yeah. and and I love there it says that great prince mm. um, you know when this when Michael is mentioned in Daniel chapter ten, it describes Michael as Daniel speaking to Daniel. It says, "Your great prince." Mm. So Daniel's great prince is is God, yeah, um, who over uh, and it is is pictured here in Daniel twelve is watching over the sons of people. Um, there's a time of trouble that comes up there in, in verse one. Um, and and then ultimately that God's people will be delivered through the Mm. judgment. Rightly understood, the judgment is good news. That's right. God's people will be delivered through this. Correct. And you might be
1: slamming your fist on the table and saying, but Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords. Why are you calling him a prince? Well, the Bible also calls him a prince too. Prince of (laughs) peace. Prince of (laughs) peace, yeah. Jesus has many names. Many, many titles. And to include Michael as one of them is just not a stretch at all whatsoever. Those
0: people who are delivered are the ones that in verse uh, 1, Daniel 12 verse 1, are those who are found written in that book, written mm -hmm. in the Lamb's book of life. That's That's the book we want to get in. Amen. Amen. And again, the Lamb,
1: another title for Jesus. But Michael stands up, calamity happens on the earth as a result uh, and then as a result of that calamity, you know, in and amongst the second coming taking place in verse 2, it says, and many of those who sleep in the in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame, and everlasting contempt. Now, there there is some discussion over verses like this, and we might get there in a little bit, Revelation chapter one and verse seven. It's well at this resurrection that's taking place, you know what we see in the rest of the Bible is usually it's just the the saved who are being resurrected and They get resurrected to go to heaven. But this says that there are people being resurrected to contempt. Now, the fact that it's saying that they're being resurrected to contempt absolutely proves that there is no eternally burning hell happening right now. Yes. If they're being resurrected to contempt, everyone is sleeping in the grave. But how are they being resurrected to contempt when Jesus is coming back why does a resurrection happen for the wicked when Jesus is coming back and resurrection is happening for the saved
0: yeah that's really really interesting point because you know we, we studied um, in a previous study in John chapter 5 mm. where it talks about those two resurrections mm. um, the, and in John chapter 5 verse 28 it says do not marvel at this for the hour of his coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice God, mm. at the second coming. Oh will hear, hear God's voice, they'll come forth out of the grave, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And so mm. we've we've looked at how, you know, there's that resurrection of um, of life, which mm. is when Jesus comes back. And then the resurrection of condemnation, after that thousand year millennium period, yep. um the wicked are raised right at the end of that, and that's the resurrection of condemnation where finally sin and death is destroyed once and for all mm. but this text is talking is you know really connecting those or is 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 mentioning a special resurrection that's yeah. taking place here
1: well essentially i see what it's happening and again the the timeline is that we see in the bible jesus comes back the, the wicked, there is a destruction that takes place on the earth where the wicked die, and the saved are resurrected. There's a 1,000-year period of judgment that takes place, and then after that 1,000 years, the wicked are resurrected to then receive the execution of judgment, which is everlasting destruction, as we've just detailed. But again, this verse puts in the same event both a resurrection of the righteous and a resurrection of the wicked.
0: Well, the Bible can't contradict itself. That's so right. What, this, so, we, there's something more here that's, yeah. that's interesting to dig There out. has
1: to be. Yeah. I. I. I sorry, you were toy, I cut you off before because I'm like, it's just, we really need to get solid. Okay, this is what the Bible timeline gives. Very clear. But then we have a verse like this. Oh, it's the same event. Like the Bible timeline. Oh, the resurrection of the wicked and the resurrection of the righteous are two different events. The Bible here... It's the same event. And if we jump over actually just quickly, let's go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 as well. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. And Blair, you can read that for us.
0: Absolutely. God's word says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Mm. Yeah. So we see, okay. All the tribes of the earth
1: will see him. We know that when Jesus comes back. It's going to be a massive earth-shattering event. He's going to gather the saved from one end of the earth to the other. It's not a hidden thing. This is is every eye seeing him. Every eye is seeing. But then it has that line, even those who pierced him.
0: Okay, how does that work? If the people who pierced Jesus, who put him to death, died in like A.D. 31? Well, well, Jesus, they, Jesus died, Jesus died I, at A.D. 30. And we
1: know that the book of John is written by a old decrepit, dying John, oh, well, the yeah, book of like Revelation, 90, AD 90 AD AD, so. the overwhelming majority of those people would be dead. And definitely John is seeing this as an event that is happening very far into the future of where he is at the time.
0: So how are these, the people who pierced Jesus, seeing Jesus' second coming?
1: Oh, this is this plot is, twist. This is the contentious question. It's like what? Again, in the rest of our verses, in the timeline that we see, we see it's very clear timeline, There's
0: very too clear general resurrection. Yeah,
1: but then why is it that there are people who pierce Jesus, seeing him when he comes back, and you know, they're, they're yeah, we're we're going to be covering this question. in our next session. You're listening to the Breakfast Show
0: podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
1: Right now, we are having our final question for the week.
0: Absolutely. And the last chance to get in the draw to win those fantastic prizes, the KJV Study Bible with Mark Finley Notes and the answers to difficult Bible texts, which you want to get your hands on. Yes. So the question is, what was Lydia's occupation? Lydia, Ah, character in the Bible, what was her occupation? Lydia... Lydia's, don't
1: give the answer away. Lydia is from my favorite chapter in the Bible. Okay, like the chapter that Lydia is in, I think. I think I know more than any other chapter in the. Like if you if you if we did, oh, I don't want to even. If we did, you know, book chapter. Number um, trivia, I think I would win. I, I think I'd, I think I'd be up there. I so
0: just, oh, I love it. The, if you, if you think you know the answer to that question, we want you to text the answer through to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine to go into the draw to win those fantastic prizes. And that question, one more time, what was Lydia's occupation? Mm. Send the answer in. Get your name in the draw. We're going to draw that prize um, coming up shortly in a few. Well, just not very long in, in, mm. the, in the future on the show right now this morning.
1: That's right. 0491 064 669. Well, right now we've been reading about the future, been reading about this, like, this resurrection that takes place uh, to, you know, we know the resurrection of the saved. We see this clear timeline, but then we have these outliers. And essentially, how do, how do we understand this? That's the question. Well, I think when it comes to Bible doctrine, and, and determining what the Bible says about a particular topic. The best way to go about it is obviously to consider the context, to consider the narrative of Scripture, to really dig into the language, all these different things. But then when it comes to, to building a case after investigating each one of those different things, um, we usually go by weight of evidence. So we say, okay, well, what does the Bible say about death, for example? And using a weight of evidence argument, we come to the conclusion very clearly... That death is asleep, that you wake up from once the resurrection happens. There are some verses where it's like it would seem to indicate the opposite, but using the weight of evidence that we already have and then try, you know, digging more into and understanding the context more, we can come to a conclusion as to what that means that is coherent with the rest of the weight of evidence. Now, again, our weight of evidence in regards to when the wicked are resurrected fall wholly and squarely at the end of the one thousand year millennium judgment period. That's right, after that comes after the second coming of Jesus. But then we have these two different verses, Revelation chapter one and verse seven, Daniel chapter twelve and verse two, that seem to indicate, well, there are these people, specifically those who pierced him, who will be resurrected when Jesus comes back and see him come back.
0: Or even just before, so they can see his second coming. That's right. Like, even those who pierced him see him coming, as we saw in Revelation.
1: correct. And for me, I'm like, all right, we have these two verses. What would make me be comfortable to put a bow on that and to say, yeah, that that is something we believe, that is a biblical doctrine, that is a biblical idea? I would say the best thing we can appeal to is the words of Jesus himself. Absolutely. Do you want to go for us, Blair? Can you go to uh, Matthew chapter 26, and do you want to read verse 60,
0: let's see, 62 to 64? Absolutely. God's word says, uh, And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Mm. So just, you know, I, this
1: is the ultimate litmus test right here. It's like, all right, we seem to be building a doctrine of this, but you know who we should ask? Jesus. What does Jesus say? And we can see from this verse very clearly. Who's he talking to here, Blair?
0: He's talking to the high priest.
1: Yeah. And was the high priest, you know, the high priest and the Sanhedrin? And were these guys responsible for killing these Jesus? These guys were the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they are the antagonists of the story of the passion of the Christ, essentially. They said, let,
0: let his blood be on our hands when they put Jesus. To death, yeah. Um, and so wow. they
1: claim it. They're like, "Yep, we killed him. It was us." That that's what they that's what they say.
0: So, so this is the, you know when in Revelation one seven it says, "Even they who pierced him will see him." Mm. Those involved in the death of Jesus. That's right. Well, the high priest he was involved in he, that he was essentially the catalyst.
1: He was the guy. It was it was his authority that he took then to Pilate. To convince and and obviously the mob of people as well, that he was ultimately responsible and furthermore unrepentant. We see later in the biblical story when we come to say Acts chapter two, where Peter preaches to the people and essentially says to them, "You've you've killed Christ. Like you are responsible for the death of Jesus." And those people repent. We also see later in the book of Acts in Acts chapter seven when Steve, Stephen preaches a very similar message. To the Jewish people that they kill Stephen. They're like, Stephen, we don't want a bar of it. Even you know, Stephen's like, yeah, you guys are responsible for killing the Christ. You're obstinate, heart of heart, you've killed all the prophets, now you've killed the Son of God, and they kill Stephen too. And we see, yeah, two groups. One group that repented of their sin, of being responsible for killing Jesus. That included those who would later become Christian. We then see another group that includes, say, Caiaphas and most of the Sanhedrin and and many of the Jews who were in Jerusalem at that time who were responsible for Jesus' death and never repented, never turned to Jesus, and were pretty much responsible for the end of the Jewish nation, the end of the temple, uh, and essentially God... You know, shifting from that point forward and saying, well, the Jewish nation is no longer the light to the world because they won't accept the Messiah, they won't accept Christ. Now, to those people, it says, there is a special resurrection for you. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself says, we, we see in Daniel chapter, t- chapter 12, we see in Revelation chapter 1, and now Jesus himself saying, you, you will see me coming In the clouds. Now, maybe you could say, Oh, but is Jesus potentially talking about at the end of the 1000 years when they're resurrected? This phrase, Jesus coming in the clouds, is always used to refer to his second coming. If you read through, particularly in the book of Matthew, if you read through Matthew 24 and 5, Jesus coming in the clouds is consistently used for him to denote his second coming. And he's like, When it is, then I am coming in the clouds you know, to, to gather the saved, you know, at the end of the world, the second coming, you as well will see me. And why is that? Because if we go all the way back to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, some resurrected to everlasting life and some resurrected to everlasting contempt.
0: You know, what I find really interesting about this is that, um, you know, clearly God has a specific purpose in raising Um, these people who were, you know, there's some wicked that are raised in this special Mm -hmm. resurrection, and they had a special part to play in really leading to Jesus' death. Mm. And so those people who were so vile against Christ will get to see him coming in the clouds Mm. at his second coming. Wow. Mm -hmm. That will be quite a significant moment for them to realize that the depravity that they went to by putting Christ to death. I think that... My, my question is, it's
1: like, well, what is God's purpose for this? You know, is this just redundant? Is this just God tormenting them? Like, like, what's the deal? I think, you know, when it comes to the judgment and it comes to the execution of the judgment, you know, we'll look at the books, we'll consider, oh, well, you know, why, why are some people saved and why are some people lost? And potentially, one of the reasons that the Sanhedrin, um, rejected Jesus is they, they could say, oh well, we shouldn't be lost because we how could have we known he was the Messiah? How could have we uh, known that that's that's who he was? And they'll be shown absolutely clearly mm. the fulfillment of his words to them. And so when it comes to judgment to them it's it's clear. It's like this is why. this is what Jesus said to you and you didn't believe it. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM positively different and you are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM as you just heard but right now it is time to get in to our draw
0: for the quiz How we've been
1: exciting. going through all week we have these amazing prizes to give out and i'm so excited for
0: whoever wins these these yeah. are so good
1: these are just incredible an amazing bible to to read to study in as well as yeah that book You know, uh, answers to difficult Bible texts. But hey, right now, we are going to spin the wheel. Okay, you can hear it. It's a little bit faint, but it it is spinning. It's going around. And... It has has landed. We have a winner. We're going to be trying to get them in in contact with them, get them
0: on the phone. Blair, give us some answers for the quiz. All right. So, interesting. The first question, Ecclesiastes 11.4, He that observeth the wind shall not blank, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not blank. Well, the answers were sow and reap. He that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Uh, So, that was the first question. The Mm -hmm. second one... How many children did Hannah have after Samuel? Well, the answer was five. She actually had three sons and two daughters after Samuel. Uh, so God blessed her with with many children um, after that, which is fantastic. Um, the third question: In a parable, a man sought for fruit, but none was, uh, but found none on it. What kind of tree was it? Mm. What kind of tree? Oh. Well, the answer was a fig tree. Yes, yes, of course, yeah. (laughs) So how awesome is that? Mm -hmm. Um, If you got that one right, well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where did Moses see a burning bush? We know the story, but where was the burning bush? Uh It was in Horeb. That's right. So well done to you if you got that answer right. And the last question, uh, what was Lydia's occupation? Yes. Your favorite chapter, so you know this, right? That's right. She was, she was a fashion easter. <laughs> uh, she was a seller of the color purple. That's right. She sold purple cloth and, um, she was a merchant. That's right. A, a trader. Just a business owner,
1: CEO, entrepreneur, absolute gun. But hey, we have our winner on the phone. Congratulations, Tracy. Thank you so much. Lawson oh man wow. so we are obviously super happy for you. it's not a, a cookbook or a board game this week, so usually they come with the promises of you know we come over to your place and you cook us a meal or we <laughs> come over to your place and we play a game with them, but it is a Bible and uh, and uh, you know and answers to difficult textbook, so maybe we can come over to your place and you can give us a Bible study. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you could do that <laughs> and in Queensland. Oh, okay, yeah. oh, all right, we have some some
0: traveling to do there. <laughs> Blair's, oh, Blair's looking oh, at me a bit like, oh, that's that's a bit of a... I just drove up to Kingscliff and back in one day yesterday, and that was a mission, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm in Brisbane, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, uh, you're, you're welcome to come here. Um, i would be great to see you. Tracy, I am I am saddened to hear that. Not because Brisbane's bad. I was just up in Brisbane. Oh man, ah, oh, if, if only I had known. Then we could
0: then I then I
1: could I but met I met a bunch of Faith of listeners when I
0: was up there. Absolutely congratulations on this prize though. It's yeah. gonna be a huge thank blessing. So the much. answers on oh, difficult Bible texts. Oh man, yeah. I can't wait to, can't wait to get church. it out. Awesome. Hey yeah, Tracy, thank you. thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you. And right- thank you. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Right now, we are going to get into our... Question of the day.
0: Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, the question of the day... And I'm going to s- s- give it straight to you, uh, Lawson. Yeah. It says here, we've been talking about death a lot, right? Uh-huh. So this one's yep. come up through a response to uh-huh. what we've been studying. It says the, Someone's written in and says, it doesn't make sense. If there's no immortal soul, what then is there to resurrect? Mm. What about memories, personality, a sense of self? Um, Chris has sent this question in. Uh, so what say ye or what say the Bible? What say the Bible?
1: The Bible says a number of things. Essentially, hey we like we've we've described this but I, I want to to really get into it and just make it very clear this is how a soul is formed according to the bible you ready and the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life the ruach the essentially the what the bible calls the spirit uh, not the holy spirit but what what we see in the bible as the agent of life not a soul but more like a fuel source he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. And at that point, man becomes a living soul. So, body plus breath equals soul. Soul. You're a living soul. Then you see in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, the reverse of that equation, right? Then the dust will return to the earth as it was. What's the dust? Our body. And the spirit will return to God who gave it. So, we've seen, okay... Dust, the body, plus breath, put together equals soul. And then both of those things, when they depart from one another, the obvious conclusion is, oh, well, then there is no more soul. But the second half of that question, well, well how how do we become resurrected if, if there's no soul? Where where do we go? Where do we end up? That is a fantastic question. Do you know where everyone who ends up, you know who, who actually, you know who, where everyone ends up in the books in heaven. You are preserved, not in an immortal soul form, but written in the books of heaven is exactly who you are. Either you have you have the book of remembrance, you have the book of life. If our names are written in the book of life, we are saved. And from that information, like obviously, like I, I just want to say as well, God would 100% remember who you are and resurrect you. But even for the rest of the universe, maybe they're thinking, oh, well, maybe God would forget. Maybe God would get it wrong. You are written in the book of life exactly who you are. Your deeds and, you know, who you are and what you've done is is written in the book of remembrance if you are saved. It is covered by the blood of the Lamb. If you are not It is not covered by the blood of the Lamb. You are resurrected regardless because we know both the saved and the lost are resurrected to either, as we've said before, everlasting righteousness or everlasting contempt. But I would say, firstly, God remembers who you are. Yes, you will be resurrected. But even if God was, you know, at any way at risk of slipping up and forgetting the details, exactly who you are is written in those books. And man, if anyone can create from those books, it's God. Amen. It is God. But, yeah, that's that's simply the answer. Well, let's God, get
0: in those books.
1: Yeah, let's get in those books. Let's make sure we know God. Fantastic stuff. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. you. God be with
0: you we Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one 800 faith FM.